Welcome to From Russia with Blood, your source of gruesome, highly disturbing, and unbelievable but true crime stories from behind the Soviet curtain. Join our investigation as we go into the shadows to cast light on the nightmarish darkness of the Soviet past, if you dare. The episode you are about to hear contains material of an explicit sexual and criminal nature that some listeners may find extremely disturbing. This podcast is not suitable for minors. Please proceed at your own discretion. It was 1987 and the trial of the decade was underway. The name of the accused was Tamara Ivanyutina Ney Maslinka. The courtroom was packed. When Tamara was escorted into court, people shouted, spat at her, and tried to hit her. She was a murderer. Tamara was personally responsible for the murders of nine people. She'd also been found guilty of an additional 20 counts of attempted murder during her trial. Tamara was born in 1941. Surprisingly enough, her exact date of birth is not published. Different sources also indicate different places of her birth. It was a chaotic time. June 1941 marked the beginning of what in the USSR was known as the Great Patriotic War when Nazi Germany invaded the Soviet Union. We do not know what the young girl remembered from the war years. We do know, however, that her parents, Maria and Anton Maslinka, certainly did remember at least something, something very special, in fact. The Second World War found the Maslinkas in the port city of Odessa, According to the ex-investigator for special cases of the Ukrainian prosecutor's office, Alexei Baganets, they were employed by the Germans in a special laboratory in which the Germans studied the effects of various poisons using prisoners of war as guinea pigs. Tamara was not an only child. She had a total of six brothers and sisters. From a very early age, their parents instilled in all their children a belief that the most important thing in life was wealth. Get it any way you can, they told their children. If you have money, you can buy everything. And let nothing get in your way. Growing up in a family with four other hungry siblings in a poor and ravaged post-war country was, in fact, the perfect proof for this approach to life and survival. The family relocated to Kiev, then the capital of the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. A Soviet stereotype held that Ukrainian girls were renowned for their beauty, and as Tamara grew up, 
young men indeed started showing a marked interest in her. Eventually she had to make a choice between two suitors. One was young and handsome, the other slightly older, but he had his very own apartment. For Tamara the choice was obvious. She married the one with the apartment, yet she was not looking forward to sharing her life and wealth with him until death do us part. That is to say, she was going to live with him until his death, but she did not want to wait long. Tamara's husband was a long-haul truck driver. One needed to be in very good health for this sort of job, which back in the late 1970s required driving trucks with no power steering, double-clutch shifting, and lots of manual labor. This is why the first time Tamara served her husband a bowl of poisoned soup, he did not fall ill, but survived. She had to keep poisoning him, even giving him poisoned food to eat on the road. It finally worked. His partner remembers his last trip. He lost all feeling in his feet. His hair kept falling out. It took all the strength he could muster during the final leg of our last trip to keep from keeling over in the passenger seat. Tamara's husband died two weeks after returning home, in the hospital. Tamara was by no means the first to use poison to help her reach her ends. One can, however, suppose that she was a very quick learner. Tamara had most likely inherited her craft from her parents and siblings. The Maslinka family lived in a communal apartment. That is an apartment shared by several families. Each family had a room, or several rooms, and everybody shared the kitchen, a bathroom, and a toilet. There was often a row of doorbells at the entrance to an apartment one for each family. Alternatively, there could be just one doorbell with a list of numbers of rings for each family, almost like Morse code. Each family also had their own electricity meter, their own roll of toilet paper or pack of cut newspapers or tear-off calendar sheets. These were kept in the room and taken to the toilet separate from the bathroom in most Soviet communal apartments, and only for the length of the visit. One's soap, toothbrushes, and toothpaste, as well as washcloths and towels, were never left in the communal bathroom either, of course. Indeed, if you got lucky with good neighbors, you lived like one large happy family. But if you didn't... Well... The Maslinkas did not find one of their neighbors particularly nice. He had a TV set and used to watch it at full volume. They did not write a complaint to the housing committee. Instead, they offered him poison pies. The TV never bothered them again. A relative of theirs living in the same communal apartment, once told them off for leaving a questionable puddle in the toilet. They offered her some pancakes. This relative happened to be a cat lover, 
so the first bite was offered to her furry friend. As the cat died after the first bite, the relative decided not to taste the pancakes herself, but the message was loud and clear. However, according to other sources, she did taste the pancakes and died. Once, Tamara's mother, Maria, had to be admitted to the hospital after having taken ill. A friend went to visit her and told Anton, Tamara's father, that it did not look like Maria would get any better, and he should start preparing for her funeral. Tamara's father became furious at such a suggestion, but being the person he was, instead of having it out with the friend, he simply offered him a drink, spiked with poison. As for Tamara's mother, Maria, she eventually got better and returned home. The friend, however, died. Certain skills do run in the family. Tamara's sister, Nina, decided to try the marry, poison, own apartment routine herself, and yet the groom at the very last moment told her he had changed his mind and had decided not to get married. So, as Nina was leaving his apartment, she spiked his bowl of borscht soup as a farewell gift. The young man got deathly sick, was taken to the hospital, and eventually survived the ordeal. However, Nina did get her revenge, and the poison rendered her ex-fiancé impotent. This was something new for Nina. It appeared that you do not have to use poison just to kill. You can also use it in smaller doses, and your husband would surely forget about other women and will even look up to you as a savior and a loving helper, supporting him until his last breath. Nina shared her discovery with her elder sister, and Tamara liked the idea. Tamara married a second time, a man named Oleg Ivan Newton. In 1983, Oleg's old parents sold their house in Krasnodar and bought one in Kiev to be closer to their son. Tamara once realized the value of a house with a plot of land. No apartment could compare with it. Yet to keep it for herself, she needed to get rid of the old folks. Besides, from the very start, there was no love lost between Oleg's mother and Tamara. The old woman refused to register Tamara as a resident in their house, a deed that would secure Tamara's rights to the property, and even went as far as to accuse her of being a barren woman. The old woman longed to hear the patter of little feet. For all those reasons, Oleg's parents were doomed. One day, Oleg and Tamara visited his parents to help around the house. Tamara cooked some soup, and the next day, Oleg's father became very ill. All of a sudden, he could not feel his tongue, nor could he use his legs. He was duly taken to the hospital, where he was diagnosed with polyarthritis and sent back home. Next day, 
Tamara made some more soup, went to visit her recuperating father-in-law, and personally fed the old man. He died that very day. At the wake after the funeral, which took place in the garden of their house, Aleg's widowed mother developed a sudden pain in her heart. Tamara went inside to fetch some medicine and reappeared with some Validol drops, an over-the-counter medicine typically taken in the USSR for angina, and a glass of water. Yet the concoction only made matters worse. Having drunk the medicine, the old woman vomited and started shouting that she had been poisoned. One of the neighbors then remembered seeing Tamara add some drops into the water, not from the Validol vial in the medicine cabinet, but from her own vial, which she had taken out of one of her cardigan pockets. Other mourners chimed in and suggested that what was left from the water should be handed over to the police for analysis. On hearing that, Tamara rushed to her mother-in-law, snatched the glass from her hand and threw it onto the cobblestones, breaking it. A naive Oleg did his best to protect his wife. In the evening, the old woman became very ill and was taken to the hospital where she died the next day. This development naturally attracted the attention of the police. Following procedure, the police interviewed all the people present at the wake and, for some inexplicable reason, decided not to take any further action. Tamara got registered at her late in-law's address, became a proud co-owner of the property, and started working on a plan to get rid of her husband. She even told her neighbors about some mystical hereditary illness that his side of the family suffered from. But Oleg got lucky. Tamara was arrested before she could kill him. To learn more about Tamara's obsessions and deadly exploits, please listen to part two for the continuation and conclusion. You have been listening to an episode of From Russia with Blood. It has been carefully researched and produced for you by the Hamovniki brothers. No matter how you found us or what interests brought you here, we're grateful to you for giving us your time, and please keep listening. From Russia with Blood is entirely listener-supported. Go to coffee.com forward slash FWRB, that's ko-fi.com forward slash FWRB for more information. Contributors get exclusive access to episode scripts and extras, including Hamovniki Zastalom, informal reflections, conversations, and insights into the culture of the times. You can follow From Russia with Blood on your preferred podcast platform for more unbelievably gruesome and previously unknown stories of true crime from behind the Soviet curtain.